G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yeah, it's a very good morning to you if you're just waking up to us. It's Friday, May the 13th. Massive McCafe menu coming up. Our official coffee partner, Sam Mitchell, in a matter of moments. Sam Edmund has had a big week. He'll take us through... All the AFL news a little bit later on, uh, and also the Friday agenda, and that is jam-packed. David King is here, but Kingy, let's get to our next guest because he's the Hawthorne coach. He joins us fortnightly. His name's Sam Mitchell. Mitch, thanks for your time again. Yes, thanks, Kane. Thanks, Kingy. You looked a little bit stressed on the weekend for the first time. I can understand why, Whoa. but um, what yeah. you were looking back to your assistants in the box and the camera was following you, Mitch, and clearly <laughs> the last quarter didn't play out the way you would have liked it to. I actually I haven't seen that, Kane. It doesn't surprise me at all, but I haven't seen the, the vision of that. Um, certainly the game got away from us a little bit and we, we tried to uh, attack a bit more and try to get a couple back and it cost us a couple of extra goals. So certainly the last quarter was disappointing, but for the first time for the year, we just couldn't make any changes in the in the box that, would, that, that we could get a response from and um, there was sort of the same issues from quite early in the game all the way to the end, unfortunately. Yeah, is that is that is coaching on game day at times is it overrated? Like just because of the length of time it takes to get the message out to your senior players, but then for it to filter through the group, like in quarter in game, is it really difficult to make the changes you'd love to? Um, it depends how complicated they are and how well organised you are. I mean, it's quite easy to make some changes that you're prepared for, uh, but the best idea might not be usable so you can only really come up with ideas that are actually able to be able to to be done so quite often you need to wait for a break because you need to explain it in a little bit more detail to the players just to give them the best chance to have have success in key moments in games and those types of things but really you do rely a lot on the players and uh, we're getting better in that in that area you know we we have sort of three leaders one from each line that we send send messages out to and and it's their job and their responsibility to, to send that out to the rest of their line to make sure that messages get across. So we're, we're finding our feet with that, but it has improved across the year. Mm. Sam, you lose three in a row. You start to look at your resources. You start to challenge a few players. Let us behind the, the iron curtain a little bit. What's it like at Hawthorne or, or at any club? You've, you've been at, at multiple clubs. To, just to spark a response from a player. So like you say you've got a, a Tom Mitchell or a James Warple that, that are down on impact. What sort of conversations are going on day to day, week to week with those guys? Oh, I guess with, from a player like that, what you don't want to do as a coach, well, my, my uh, philosophy on it is you don't, want to, you don't want to shock them. So if you're you know, taking a player out of a team or you're having hard conversations with them, you want them to be... You know, regular, and when they when those are coming, when they're you know um, confrontational or conversational or uh, you know supportive, whatever they, um, you don't want it to be a surprise. So you want the players to always know where they stand. And I think um, quite clear feedback from players for as long as I can remember is they they like honesty. Um, they perhaps don't like the message all the time, but they would prefer to know the facts. And and I think as a coach, your job is to get the best out of the group first and foremost, but every individual player makes up makes up that group. So um, with each individual player, they have different motivating factors. They're motivated by different things. They respond differently to, 
to different aspects of coaching and you, you're really trying to build that. The reason that relationships with players are so important is so that you know which buttons to push because if you push the wrong one, um, obviously you can cause a decline in motivation or performance and if you push the right ones, you can really get the best out of players and it's a, a fair portion of the art of coaching is in that exact art right there. Yeah, that's very interesting. I find that fascinating and clearly you're only you know, early into your days at, at the Hawks as senior coach, so that would be a challenge, no doubt. Can I also talk about, so everyone's talking about Alistair Clarkson on the periphery and, and, and it was Ross Lyon last year and it'll be Don Pike you know, at the end of this year as well. There's, there's names that are hovering. What, what sort of KPIs outside of just wins and losses does a senior coach in the main have uh, on, on their in their portfolio, like what sort of things that are, that are lateral a little bit to, to wins and losses that you have to tick off? Um, oh, I wouldn't go into specifics about uh, my KPIs, but I mean other as than a broad, as win, a broad measure, you know, yeah, like, not just I, yours. Mean, I think I think there'd be. Um, I mean, the first and foremost is probably around cultural. Um, safety is a is a softer word for it, but having the ability to get the best out of all of your people, having a positive work environment, um, you know, whether you're developing the, the future. I think we've seen coaches who are, you know, win, win now and compromise the future. So there's some aspect of development that's usually would be plugged in there um, around, you know, personal development, making sure that as a coach, you're continuing to grow and improve. I think uh, the growth of your staff is always continued, is always important as well. If you're just um, in it for the players only, then you need your, your staff to be in a good environment as well. So making sure your coaches are doing a good job, making sure they're growing and, and improving their areas of areas of responsibility. Um, relation, key relationships with key stakeholders, whether that be board or CEO or um, you know football directors or football managers. There's a lot of um, relationships like that. And I guess there's the, the face of the club element um, that's pretty important, depending on the club. Um, if you're a in a high and mighty club, you know, in a in a in a different state, you know, the West Coast or um, Adelaide or those types of things, the, the face of the club might be slightly different to clubs who were trying to trying to build. I imagine that somewhere like Gold Coast or GWS, they'd be a pretty important part of their KPIs as coaches. So Leon Cameron uh, lo- loses his job or decides to walk away. Mitch, you've been around footy a long time. What what's your instant thought when you hear that news around the profession that you're in? Um. I- I mean, lots of different things. I know Leon uh, reasonably well from his time at Hawthorne and, and went on a family holiday and he happened to be there and we spent a lot of time together uh, a few years ago. So I spent a lot of time with him over the journey and um, I thought I was very impressed with how he's handled the whole um, the whole thing, you know, just with his openness and his transparency around his decision-making and um, I didn't hear any whispers about it. I, I actually got the first, I got a text message saying that he'd... Um, res- Resigned, resigned is actually the same word when you spell it, and it was quite confusing. And I'm thinking that's an unusual time for him to resign, and then I figured that it actually meant resign. So that was um, that was a surprise, but there was no whispers or. So I think, um, I mean, my thoughts go with him, and he'll be a, um, you know, he's had a very impressive. He was very impressive when he was at Hawthorne, and um, you know, he's not going to be lost to the game. I don't think I've always enjoyed listening to him speak whenever I've had a chance. After two rounds, there's sightings of you walking up and down Glenferry Road, chest out, shoulders back, most relaxed man in Australia. It hasn't gone that way since. You've, obviously, the, the win-loss record's not what you want it to be. What, what's life like as a coach? When, when you're in this sort of situation, 
How has it changed your world? Does it change your world enormously? Does it not make that much of a difference to you, to you, you know, twenty four seven? Does it? What does it do to you? No, it hasn't changed at all, Kingy. I'm not, I'm not one to ride too much with the punches of the week to week um, myself at this stage, anyway. So um, I think I would have been saying at, at two wins and zero losses that it was never as good or as bad as it seems, and now. Um, that we've lost a couple, it's it's the same. You know, it's not as bad as it seems. We we feel like we're still making progress. We're in the right direction. And, um, you know, at different stages, you feel like you're a little bit ahead of where you thought you might be. And um, games like the weekend, you recognise perhaps you're a little bit further back than you would like. But, um, you know, we've got we've got a really clear, strong plan in place. And, you know, we want to we want to make finals, put, win in finals, win premierships and we have to build towards that and that's not going to be a linear dead straight road that we can go to um, easily that's going to be a, a hard fought you know battle torn battle worn type of struggle that we're going to go through and we're all on the same page we're understanding what that looks like and how that's going to be so um, my job as a leader is to ride with the punches a little bit and understand that this is uh, par for the course and we need to make sure that um, it doesn't it doesn't ruin our lives outside. You know, I'm I'm a coach um, when I'm here at work, but I'm also you know father and husband and all those things when I'm walking up Glenferry Road. So it would have been the furthest thing from my mind. Too. So we're talking a lot about sprays this week. You know, your ability to to wear them, your ability to give them. Have you had to go there yet yourself personally with this with this group, or do you see a time coming? Is 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 that not part of your makeup, or where do you sit with it all? Um, I think you. It's, it's really interesting as a coach. There's a couple of different, you know, the traditional old school um, spray, I think quite often was for the coach's benefit rather than the players. And I think now what has happened is um, rather than venting your spleen to your players, you try to just figure out what the best way to get a response from the players is. And that's one of those things you need to have in your kit bag or most coaches have in the kit bag where they would speak strongly to their players. Uh, and if they view that as getting a good response. I don't think it's something you go to too often because it would lose its impact. But, um, you know, have I raised my voice at different stages across the year? Yes, of course. But it's not the only only, uh, way to go about things. For the most part, you always want your players, and certainly my coaching style is the players and and the coaches. We're in in, in it together. We're on the journey together. And when, you know, when we don't coach well, we put our hand up and say we could have done things a little bit differently in that game. And by the same token, our players have been really good at saying that wasn't up to, up to our standards that, that we need to get where we're going. Shane Crawford tells a story how you, you, you personally as a young player tagged him to a ski holiday in the off-season. He said you didn't even like snow skiing. That's how driven you were to be the best. Who's the young Sam Mitchell at Hawthorne that is as driven as you were? Um, I mean, some of our players are quite um, self-driven. I think the the change in the soft cap and less coaches around, and some of what we've we've been able to do is create a little bit of extra autonomy for players, and it's probably meant that some of the some of the players who needed a little bit more help and a little bit more motivation have fallen away a little bit more quickly than they might have otherwise. And some of the guys who are very self-driven and self-motivated. Uh, are blossoming a little bit more quickly and earlier in their career. We've got a handful of young players who are very self-driven. I think Guy Newcomb and Josh Ward and and Ned Long, um, they're all guys that have come in in the last sort of 18 months. They're very self-driven and they're always sort of last-to-leave type of players. 
Mm. Um, and so when you've got a group of very young players who are doing that, um, our job is to get out of their way and not, you know, let the S&C guys talk to them or, mm. you know, tell them, oh, you careful how many kicks you have. If they've been having a thousand kicks after training since they were a little kid, then they're no risk of injury in my view. So we let them do as much as they, as much as they like. They do tie themselves out every now and then, but we've got a whole group of young players who are very self-driven and that's certainly been an improving um, you know, we talked before about coaching KPIs, and one of the things I've been really pleased with is, is that the cultural um, work ethic around our group has become much more self-driven than it's been. So that's been really pleasing. Quick word on on Chad Wingard's two hundredth and what he's meant to your footy club. Yeah, he's been he's a he's a such an interesting character, Chad Wingard. I know that Kane would. No, I've known him earlier in his career, and I think I'm very was very much looking forward to his tape last week, and we missed it. So mm. this week, I'm definitely making sure he doesn't um, do anything silly today. We'll put him in cotton ball to make sure we get to watch that tape later on. I think the thing about Chad that people don't appreciate is he would be. I can't think of anyone. He's probably our most competitive player, and the thing about him that I love is he's so team orientated in his in his desire to push standards. So he'll be sitting on the bench, and if we do something that he doesn't think is to the standard we expect, he'll be just as angry if he's nowhere near that play and he's not the one involved in it. Whereas you look at most players, when they get upset, it's because um, they weren't the one on the end of it, and they should have been. Whereas Chad will get just as angry if someone else misses an option um, for someone else to kick a goal. And I think he's, he's the player who I can almost mostly rely on that he will want the team to have success over himself. And that's not a part of his reputation that he's earned externally. Um, But certainly internally, it's something that I've always been really impressed with. Mitch, we love chatting to you every fortnight. Good luck on Saturday against Richmond. No worries. And just to keep you guys accountable, what happened to my uh, review of my press conferences? Uh, <laughs> we well, ran out of time. Well, uh, yeah. you, got a two, you got a two-week hiatus, but... Sick of you, you know, going in there. the things we suggest, hey? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly yeah, right. I'm, I'm all over it, but you. it's been a bit depressing the last three weeks. Uh, hey, uh, Hawthorne are going to honour the work of those on the front line this week. This is the third annual emergency services match in round nine against Richmond. So there's a pre-game ceremony. There's a show of support on ground featuring, featuring Vanessa Amorosi as well. First bounce at 1.45 local time at the MCG. Sam Mitchell, our guest this morning. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.